Good evening. It is so good to see each of you. And again, if you're a guest, we are so thankful that you're here. It really does encourage us. And we hope that you'll come back and be with us again. Uh, especially if you're a guest, we invite you to go by our information center and pick up a calendar if you haven't already received one in the mail. Uh, we appreciate Town Planner's gift of that to us and we'll make it available to you. And then also we want to remind everybody that our recovery through Christ begins a a uh, fresh step program beginning in January. It's a nine-month program, and so it only begins every so often. And so January would be a great time to jump in on, on Thursday evenings if you have continual struggles in your life that you want to kind of put behind you and not spend the rest of your life with those same struggles. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful way to deal with a, a lot of things. And we appreciate uh, the many facilitators that work with our Recovery Through Christ program. And uh, we appreciate all that, that care enough about their life and their influence upon others uh, that would invest their life in that. What a blessing that it is. For over a year now, we have been saying that we, notice I put us, we in there. We've been saying we were going to do a series on responsibility. As a matter of fact, not long ago, one of you even reminded me, you, you, you said, you remember, you promised us a month of lessons on responsibility. Well, welcome tonight. We're beginning a series entitled Responsibly Yours. You understand the idea of responsibly, but why the yours? What's beautiful about the theme of responsibility is that no one on earth ought to understand responsibility any more so than Christians. It is our devotion to God that truly helps us to understand and live a responsible life. As already in this series, I come to realize that we cannot expect the world to have the same standard of responsibility that we have because it is truly God who helps us realize the beauty and the weight of responsibility. You know, the tough thing about irresponsibility is that no one wants to take the blame in it. I think about the quote that I read this week. No individual raindrop ever considers itself responsible for the flood. Isn't it interesting that responsibility, it's contagious. When you're in a family where most people in that family act responsibly, you will be much more likely to be a responsible person. If you're in a family where most of the members act irresponsibly, you're more likely to be an irresponsible person. If you're in a congregation where it's just kind of the norm that everybody acts irresponsible with their soul, their relationship with God, their relationship with others, you'll be more likely to act irresponsible in that. And on the other hand, if you're in a congregation, that is responsible. If you're in a community where people tend to be irresponsible, you'll more than likely be irresponsible. I'm not saying then that you don't have responsibility. I'm just saying to you, it is contagious. And so it's important as an individual to realize that you have a strong input on the closest people in your life so far as influence. Responsibility is a powerful influence. Irresponsibility is a negative, powerful influence. And so let's deal wisely with the opportunities that God gives us to be responsible. How do you define responsibility? You know, when I look it up in the dictionary, I was really amazed 
to see, and this is when it really started dawning on me, it, it's almost like each of the definitions of responsibility immediately verses pop in your mind. Maybe another lesson one of these Sunday nights, that'll be a part of our series. That's, that's not what I have planned for tonight. But, but let me just read to you just a few uh, off of dictionary.com. When, when you type in wanting the, the, the definition for responsible for, here, here are some definitions. Answerable or accountable. What does God teach us? God teaches us we're accountable for every deed we do. No wonder, as Christians, we should understand responsibility. Or, here we have the, the second listing, and it deals with having the power to control or to manage oneself or one's behavior. The Bible calls that self-control, doesn't it? Part of the fruit of the Spirit. The ability to manage our own behavior. In other words, are you responsible for what you've just said, what you've just done? Or let's, I want to skip down to the fourth one here. Having capacity for moral decisions, therefore accountable for your moral decisions. Christianity, we understand that. We're responsible for our life. We're responsible for the decisions we make. We can't go out and live an immoral life and then just say, it doesn't matter. We understand as Christians, it absolutely does matter. And then what about five and six are very similar here. Discharge obligations or pay debts, as in meeting debts. You see, when we start going down this list, and even the seventh one deals with responsibility toward government. Romans 13, God teaches us to be responsible in our relationship with government. It's really amazing and a blessing it is that in our system of faith that God has given us, He teaches us how to be truly responsible. As Christians, we ought to be the most responsible people in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in, in clubs or organizations that we're a part of. I want you to pause right now as we begin this. I just want you to, I hope you'd be real honest with yourself. Do the people that know me best, do they see me as someone that is a responsible person? Are you really? When you're at work and you say, I'll, I'll take care of that, does everybody say, whew, I'm glad that one's handled? They always keep their word. They're responsible. At home, when, whenever there's the, if you're a father, do you, do you just naturally take care of the responsibilities of being a father? Or if you're the, the child or the mother or, or the wife, or that, do, you, do you carry your own responsibility? Or are people in your family constantly having to carry some of your responsibilities for you? Those are the kind of things and a lot more that over the next few weeks we want to talk about. Not so we can step all over our toes or beat each other up with the Word of God. It's not that at all. It's just the opportunity to be reminded of how we can grow and how we can improve. But also in so doing, how we can make a powerful impact on the lives of those around us. You never run into anyone who says, I just love being close to them because they are so irresponsible. You just don't hear that. Because, I don't know if you've noticed, but if you're close to irresponsible people, you have pain in your life. 
Maybe some of our younger ones don't know that as much. Maybe you know it very well. But irresponsibility is a serious problem. It's a painful problem. It's a spiritual problem. So let's begin tonight in Galatians, the first chapter. We'll have some simple slides of, of just Scripture, but I, I hope you'll open your Bible up. If you want to borrow the one in the pew, it'll be about page 1036. I'd like for us to think about the demand that God gives us to be responsible. Part of our responsibility is literally to share the load of others. Look in Galatians, the sixth chapter, in verse 1 and 2. Brethren... Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, see we're in this together. The very idea of brethren. If a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Isn't it interesting here that at the beginning of this passage, the very idea is there are some burdens that you may not be completely responsible to bear them alone. Isn't it wonderful to know that some burdens can be shared? Isn't it wonderful to know that if I stumble spiritually and I become weak, you are commanded by God as a spiritual person to come to me and help me gather the strength to stand back up spiritually, so to speak. Isn't that beautiful? And he says, I want you to bear one another's burdens. And then he closes that with one of the high compliments of this command. Well, what kind of command is this? And so fulfill the law of Christ. You want to be like Christ? Have the eyes and the heart and the arms and the legs that says, if I can help you spiritually, I want to help lift you up. That is a responsibility we have. We can share burdens. And what a wonderful, wonderful thing that we can share burdens. I want you to think about literally just carrying a heavy load. What if you were looking at the person beside you tonight and both of you were standing and, and what, if, what if their load was just huge and you saw them the whole time you're standing shifting and getting lower and, and, and it looked as if they were about to collapse? What would you naturally do? If you possibly could, you would naturally say, can, can I share some of those things? Could, could I give you a break? You realize that's what we do with things that stress us, with things that are so difficult, we really can't deal with them alone. What does God look at you and I and say, we have the responsibility to do? God is looking around right now and saying, how can you share? That's the very idea of fellowship and communion. It's a beautiful concept God gives us in a brotherhood in the church. How can we share each other's loads? When we do that, we become a fulfillment of the law of Christ. What a beautiful thing. Now, I'm not going to heavily elaborate on 3 and 4, but we're leading to 5. But, but let's get there by through 3 and 4. Let's continue reading. Galatians 6, chapter, verse 3 and 4. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. The idea of arrogance always stands in the way of being the person of responsibility that we ought to be. A part of responsibility demands humility. Humility would cause us to say, I'm not better than you. And so if there is a part of your burden that I could bear and I should do that for you, humbly, I'm very willing to do it because I'm not better than you. But then also, you know what? And we're about, he's about to lead into the idea that there's some burdens that we need to carry on our own. 
and they can't be shared. And so in that, humility says, I recognize the responsibility that God gives me and humbly I accept it and I'm not going to go around and constantly try to shove off responsibilities that God says, well, that particular responsibility you can't share. That's your responsibility. So let's get there. Let's pass through verse 4. But let each one examine his own work. And you say, what kind of work is he talking about here? He's talking about work like Philippians, the the, uh, second chapter. We don't have a screen for this, but if you just turn over about four or five pages in your Bible, you'll be at Philippians, the second chapter. And look at one work that he's talking about here. And what he's doing, he's leading into works that you can't share. In other words, there are some burdens that are your burdens, and you're going to have to bear them alone. And so here's an example. In Philippians, the second chapter, look at verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, But now much more in my absence, what's this next word? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, we think about this concept of work out your own salvation. Somebody says, whoa, I I thought Jesus is the Savior and I'm saved by grace. We are, but we have to decide if we're going to respond to grace. What do we have to do to respond to grace? We have to be responsible enough to say, I want to take time to hear the gospel message. I want to take time to study the gospel. As we learn it, we're going to figure out, you know what? When I deal responsibly with this study, I realize that I am a sinner and God is holy. I need the forgiveness of sins. God, if I'm going to deal responsibly with my soul, what do you want me to do? Now you realize right now, all this I'm describing is what? It's us working out our salvation. God's done his part. Now we've got to decide if we're going to work through it. And so when we learn, the Lord say, I want you to believe. Okay, Lord, I I believe. I want you to repent. You you want me to stop doing these things? Lord, I love to do these sinful things. Well, of course you love to do these sinful things because you love the world. That's why you're in the world. But he says, if you're going to deal responsibly, I want you to love me. And I want you to live a spiritual life and not a fleshly life. That's hard. That's right. I don't know anybody that's truly repented that would say repentance is easy. But it is the responsible thing to do with our soul. And so responsibly, we repent. And we come to the Lord and we say, now what can I do to have my sins forgiven? And he would say, I want you to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. And so we do that. What's Paul talking about here in Philippians? He's saying, I want you to work out your own salvation. In other words, God has done his part and God will continue to do his part. But the question is, are you willing to work out and to do your part? Now, when we go back here to Galatians, the sixth chapter, I want you to think about that work when we read Galatians 6 and 4. But let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. There are things that you can't look over at someone else and say, hey, I tell you what, I'm going to stop praying. Will you just do all my praying for me? No. Hey, I I don't want to become a Christian, but will you become a Christian for me? And I know it sounds ridiculous, but, but you just start filling in the blanks with all these things that God says. Well, let's just read the next verse. This is what God says in verse five. For each one shall bear his own load, period. 
And there's a lot of people that open their Bible to this one page and they say, that's why you can't believe the Bible. There's a contradiction within a matter of a few verses of each other. You read verse 2 that says, bear one another's burdens. You read verse 5 and he says, each one shall bear his own load. See, you can't trust the Bible. But when you study in context, you can trust it, can't you? You see, in context, it's very clear. There are some burdens that we should and must share with each other. But there are other burdens that are placed in our life that we absolutely cannot share with anybody else. They are our burdens to bear. So if we're responsible, we're constantly reaching out and we're helping those with burdens that can be shared. And if we're responsible, we're looking at the many spiritual responsibilities that God places upon them. And yes, some of them can be heavy. I, I don't mean to overemphasize it, but let's go back to the very point of, the, of repentance. Repentance is not easy. It's a burden. Are we going to be willing to carry that burden? To work out our own salvation? Are we going to be carrying it in verse 5 as he says, bear his own load? It's a load. Are we going to be willing to do it? As we think about the idea of responsibility, I'd like for you to just for a moment, as, as we'll, we'll make a quick transition in just a minute to Genesis, but before we do, I'd, I'd like for you to just think with me for just a moment. As beautiful as responsibility is, think how tragic irresponsibility is. Think about the person that's so irresponsible that they see you in need and they will not help you. Now that just hurt my toes because there have been times that I've seen others in need and I've not helped them. How responsible am I dealing with that opportunity? Or what about when spiritually we know what God expects of us and we simply shirk our responsibility? You see, in both of those, we become irresponsible. And that irresponsibility can go far beyond that. But what I want you to see before we transition here is not only does it hurt us, none of us live as an island to ourselves. And with irresponsibility, it's the same way. You and I cannot become irresponsible people and not affect the people around us. I like the, the, the example of, of one fella uh, I heard. He wanted to teach his children responsibility, and that, that was a big thing to him. And I appreciate that, because uh, in raising my children, that was a huge deal to me too. And, and uh, I never thought about it in the way he thought about it, but, but he said that he was determined to make sure that his children knew that irresponsibility always cast a burden on someone else. You got that? In other words, if I am irresponsible, I always cast a burden on someone else when I choose to be irresponsible. And so to, <clears throat> to illustrate that to his children, and I'm not saying you're not a good parent if you don't do this, all right? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is what he did to illustrate it to his children. Let's say that, that he went in the children's bathroom and there's towel on the floor. He would call said child to the bathroom. And he would say, uh, hey, you know, we've talked about that towels don't belong here. And they say, yes, Dad. And they start to reach down and pick it up. He said, no, 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 no. Don't pick it up. You weren't going to pick it up before, were you? I don't want you to pick it up now. I just want to help you understand what you were saying by leaving it there. So now what I would like for you to do is I would like you to look at me and smile and I would like for you to say, Daddy, will you please pick up my towel for me and hang it on the rack for me? Child, I, I don't, I just want to, no, no, no. Because when you're being irresponsible, you're telling somebody they're going to do your job for you. 
Do we live in a society that says, hey, I want to make a mess and you clean it up? I want to run up the bill and you foot it? That's the kind of society we live in. And a lot of people raise children and children are real comfortable never doing their responsibility. And what are they doing? Every time they don't do their responsibility, they're saying, Dad, Mom, older brother, sister, you guys are going to do my work for me today and I'm going to go play video games. And so he said, I'd go in their bedroom and I'd find their clothes laying on the floor and I'd say, hey, um, I noticed your clothes are there. And they start, no, don't pick them up. Don't pick them up. At this point, I would like for you to call your mother. No, Dad. Yes, go ahead. Call your mother. Dad, no. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead, call her. Mom, yes. Can you please come here? Mother comes walking in. Go ahead, ask her. No, ask her. Mom, will you please pick up my clothes for me and put them in the dirty hamper there? Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing when you go to work tomorrow? And you know that job that is your job, but if you don't do it, some way it always gets done? You know what you're actually doing, don't you? Why don't you just go in and be a man, be a woman about it? Walk in and just say, hey, I know this is mine and I'm not going to do it today, so which one of you are going to do it for me? I just want to go ahead and tell you thank you before I dump it on you. How many is going to do that? How, how many are willing to do that with, with our culture? Hey, I want you to know, community, I'm going to go out and I'm going to live an immoral life. And I'm going to expect your tax dollars to pay my way. And I just want to thank you in advance. I'm going to be irresponsible. You're going to pay for it. I'm going to be irresponsible at work. You're going to do your job and my job. I'm going to be irresponsible at home. Hey, kids, thank, for, thank you for picking up dad's slack because I'm, I'm straight up, I'm a slacker and I just want to thank you. I'm not going to be the dad you need. Thank you for doing and suffering for my decisions. It doesn't sound so good when you put it like that, does it? But you know that that's what happens every time someone is irresponsible. Every time someone is irresponsible, somebody else has to pay the price. Where did this all begin? Let's go back to Genesis and let's see where it all began. And we're, we're going to do this more as, a, as an outline and, and rather quickly. Do you remember back in Genesis, the first chapter? When we read in Genesis, first chapter, and verse 28, we see the source of this. God blessed them. This is Adam and Eve. God, God, let's back up to 27. So God created man in his own image. Talking about the human race. He created the human race in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. And I want you to notice this next phrase and subdue it. And then he talks for the rest of the verses there about how everything that God has placed on this planet was for man's good. He gave, he gave the, the uh, plants, but he placed seeds in the plants so that if man wants to be responsible, man can harvest those seeds. And what can he do? Next spring, he can put those seeds back into a garden and he can have vegetables. He puts seeds in trees so that man has the ability to harvest those seeds. And if he wants, he can grow, go out and grow an orchard. We know that, that when Noah came off the ark, God showed him the animals. He just said, there you go. That's your supper. 
God said, I'm putting all of this and I'm putting it on this earth. And, and, and he says, subdued it. In other words, you are over it. In other words, now you have a responsibility to take care of you having food. To make it real clear, look at verse of chapter 2 and verse 15. Chapter 2 and verse 15. I can't remember if we have a slide for this. Genesis 2 and 15. Then the Lord God said, our Lord God took uh, the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. How was man going to uh, live? He was going to live in the garden. How was man going to survive? What was he going to eat? He was going to eat the things in that garden. So if man was going to have a nice home, who's going to have to take care of this garden home? If man was going to have meals, who's going to take care of, of making sure that the crops grew in these meals? God said, you're going to have to keep this. You're going to have to tend to it. And notice, this is before Genesis 3, which is the fall. In other words, this was back when we usually say, this is paradise. Everything was perfect. When everything on this earth was perfect, man had responsibility. You do not know an irresponsible person that is truly deep down happy. The two just don't go together. People that are the most content with life are people who are truly living a responsible life. People that are irresponsible don't like to look their self in the eye when they look in the mirror. People that are irresponsible don't like to look at their co-workers and hang out because they feel guilty. People that are irresponsible, they don't invest in the community. They're sponges that soak from the community. People that find a rewarding life are people that are responsible. When we understand that, and the reason I think it's important for us to emphasize that is that culture would teach us just the opposite. Culture would teach us that, be, and, and this is sad because I don't think we would, would have said this about America back 30, 40, 50 years ago. I don't think the train has fully arrived at this station, but I think the train for America is on the way to this station. And that is when someone lives a truly responsible life, they're kind of mocked. And they're kind of missing out on the best life. And it's really a shame the way in our culture, more and more people are esteeming irresponsibility and more and more people are mocking responsibility. I want you and I to remember that at the very beginning when things were perfect, God said, I want to give you responsibility because we need it. It helps us live a healthy life. So when did it fall apart? It was there in the third chapter. Let's begin scanning some things and then the lesson is yours. Let's go to verse eight. You remember Adam and Eve, they ate of the fruit, they sinned and, and they realized that they were naked and they sewed together in verse seven fig leaves and they covered themselves. And in the third chapter in verse eight, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So now they acted irresponsible. God gave them a command and they did not keep it. In other words, they dealt irresponsibly. They, they disobeyed. And what did this create? This created for the first time in their life. We don't know how many times God had come down and walked with them, but to our knowledge, this was the very first time they heard the voice of God. And you remember when you were a little child and you knew you just messed up? 
and you were dealing with, oh, we just messed up, and then all of a sudden you heard the voice of your parent, you know, to be honest with you, maybe I shouldn't say this because my parents listen to CDs of this, but to me as if I heard my mom's voice, whoo that was not a good thing. You know, if I heard mom, it's like, oh boy, this is going to be bad. Can, can you imagine, Adam, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve are in the garden. And all these other days, things have been good. Now they've chose to live an irresponsible, or to carry out an irresponsible decision here and eat the fruit that God said don't eat. And what happens? Now all of a sudden, they're afraid. Now all of a sudden, they're hiding themselves. Look, look there in verse 9. Then the Lord God called Adam and said, where are you? God knew where they were. What was he doing? God is wanting to use this as not only an opportunity to carry out the, the, the very fact of holding them responsible, but he also wants them to learn from it. And so he works with them. Where are you? And, and they say in, in verse 10, I heard your voice in the garden. Notice this is the first time we read about the word fear in the Bible. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? And now here's where he really holds them responsible. See, he doesn't duck around it. God just straightforwardly says, have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, I did. It's all my responsibility. I should have led my wife better. Please do not hold her responsible. Wouldn't that be amazing if that's the way it read? I want, I want you to just look on the screen there of, of what's highlighted. Hey, did, did you eat of that fruit? He's asking Adam. He's not asking Adam anything about Eve. He's looking right at Adam and he's saying, Adam, did you eat that fruit? And notice, the man said, the woman. That's the first thing out of his mouth. What does your responsibility do? It snowballs. First, they were irresponsible with the command of God. Then the next thing they're irresponsible with is irresponsibility. I'm not going to take responsibility for this. This is her fault. Oh, and by the way, and this is really bold. This is really bold, and it's almost funny because it's like children, but it's sad in reality. The very next line, he throws God under the bus. He says, it's the woman. By the way, I, I didn't make her. You're the one that made her. You're the one that put me in the sleep. You're the one that took the rib out. You're the one that made this woman. He's almost implying, I don't even know if I'd have even eaten that fruit if it hadn't been for you and that woman there. And so he turns and, and, and he talks to the woman. And notice how it's the same reaction there. Remember how we talked about irresponsibility is contagious? And so, so she's going to follow the lead of her husband here. And so the man, the man said, it's the woman. Look in verse 13. The Lord God said to woman, what is this you've done? So he looks at her and watches the first words out of her mouth. The serpent deceived me and I ate. You're not, you're not really going to expect me to be responsible when you've got a serpent like this that lies so very well. How could I be responsible? And then, of course, God looks at the serpent and he starts passing out the punishment. Why? Because God ultimately holds everybody responsible. You and I can think we're ducking responsibility, but there will come a day when every one of us will be held responsible. Irresponsibility created shame. 
It created blame. It created conflict. Responsibility created approval from God, a nurturing and peaceful relationship between a husband and wife, and unity. And from that very first occasion in the Garden of Eden, it hasn't changed. I hope that you'll be back over the next several Sunday nights and we will look at responsibility from a lot of different angles, Lord willing. And hopefully we'll all look at them and leave here saying, I want to be responsible to my God. God has a wonderful and marvelous plan for everybody in this room. And we can either work with Him or not. Let's be responsible and work with Him. Tonight, if we can help you in any way, grow closer to God. If you're ready to be baptized into Christ for the mission of your sins, or if you're ready to come back and to be restored, if, if you have questions and, and now or afterwards you want to you talk about those or set an appointment to talk about those, we would be honored to do that. We do that every week. We'd love to do that with you. If we can help you in any way,